Hi everyone, uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us uh, Mr. Arham Pratap Jain, uh, who is the founder of Trucknetic, uh, which is a logistic platform. Uh, hi Arham, welcome to ELI. Hi, hi Priya. Wonderful meeting you. Uh, a lovely Saturday morning. Uh, happy to kind of you know share my experience over the course of next thirty minutes and. Uh, yeah. So uh, to start with, uh, we'd love to know you better. Why don't you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Uh, I mean, like my journey has been uh, something which is uh, nowhere close to being a conventional journey, though it started off with that. Uh, uh -huh. But uh, I mean, like uh, the journey quite some sort of, you know, uh, pivots and iterations during the entire course of 10 years. Okay. Uh, so having said that, uh, I I came from a, a you know a third tier town. Actually, I used to live in a, a small village called Chaki Dadri in Haryana okay. till my tenth. Mm -hmm. uh, living with my grandparents and my father was uh, you know was primarily moving across the country to kind of establish his business. Okay. Uh, so so you know uh, there was a very sort of a different learning over there. You know the facilities were very scarce in terms of. Uh, you know, nothing was available. I mean, like uh, TVs was something that was, you know, seems to be quite a, you know, big sort of a thing over there. Uh, okay. uh, so, you know, and then uh, in 10th class, I moved to Delhi, you know, uh, once my, you know, father established this sort of footprint in business. Okay. So, you know, the journey started from there, you know, how it was difficult to kind of, you know, understand, you know, like uh, we didn't know how to speak English, uh, mm. you know, because most of the exposure was in Hindi and uh, other regional and uh, sort of, uh, uh, you know, what we call as a uh, dialect languages. So, right. so it was quite, quite a shift for us. And over here in Delhi, I mean, like in the beginning, there was a lot of, you know, people, uh, different, different status of people, different, uh, you know, uh, you know, what you call as uh, different statues coming from different sort of backgrounds. So it kind mm. of, you know, landed me in, in a, sort of very you know unknown pool of uh, you know the world so i think you know that was the first time i really felt challenged as mm -hmm. in like how i can kind of you know become a part of the community and uh, the journey started from there uh, i believe uh, it happened for the good uh, because uh, it helped help, uh, kind of helped me to kind of you know uh, keep me grounded and i okay. still am that same person who i was back in the day uh, mm -hmm. but uh, but at the same time uh, you know from the very early on i kind of believed in you know like change is the only constant in life so mm -hmm. my journey started from there i mean like when i came to delhi uh, i joined a very fancy school over here because mm -hmm. everybody was like okay you know that's the school that from where you would get into iit and all i mean like okay. because most of the students were like that so uh, so i would say you know the con it was sort of a conventional career as in like i studied for iitj i got into the other classes when it come to delhi Mm -hmm. uh, and everybody expected me to become, you know, a computer science engineer from IIT Delhi. And mm -hmm. I didn't have a very strong aspiration coming from because I didn't have anything to compare with or there wasn't anything that I was contemplating otherwise. Right. So I was like, okay, let's, let's just uh, kind of go with the flow. And, okay. uh, but un unfortunately, I couldn't clear IIT and I dropped a year and went mm -hmm. to quota, once in classes. Okay. Again, uh, again, my rank was very, you know, uh, it wasn't that great, so I could join an IIT. So instead of that, I I I continued, 
you know uh, the engineering path but into mm-hmm. a tier one college based out of gurgaon institute okay. of technology and management and i couldn't get computer science over there as well uh, so mm-hmm. the other field that i was i was i was like that then i kind of you know took the baton of my life in my hands and said that okay what else if not computer science engineering uh, so i thought like let's just do a real engineering and mm-hmm. i i stepped into mechanical engineering mechanical engineering fascinated me because i love physics and maths and i thought like okay these are the two things which i'll going to be able to learn quite a bit in practical sense over the course of four years and mm-hmm. that's exactly what happened and uh, the journey kind of started over there when once i got into that college i felt okay uh, you know it's, it's such a great learning every single day was sort of learning uh, i did two internships over there one was with uh, hindustan aeronautics limited where uh, you know they were primarily into making of super 30 mkl and i was lucky enough to kind of you know see a plane getting made from a small pin to an entire jet mm. and i was lucky to kind of sit in a plane and was a part of ground testing as a trainer okay. and then i did another internship with in uh, you know a drd uh, in delhi mm. where i made a cfd structure for the flow of uh, missiles okay. so so these were the two things which kind of helped me to kind of you know understand and get those that practical experience uh, made different robots made mm. formula cars you know participated in a lot of competition but again i never intend to kind of you know join a shop floor post mm. my you know engineering so i happened to you know in the first year i remember you know uh, i was i used to play a lot of sports table tennis and you know lawn tennis so i was playing mm-hmm. lawn tennis one day and a couple of my friends came and said uh, so there is a volunteering opportunity in one of the ngo uh, where we have to go i was like i wouldn't waste my time doing that right i would rather play mm-hmm. but they kind of somehow coaxed and cajoled me to kind of you know uh, uh, take me there and it was a life changing experience for me you know okay. uh, so there was a music and dance festival organized for the orphans so in the beginning i had any patients talk to them but once i kind of spoke to them and understood i you know you know i felt uh, you know very very heartening experience i you know happened to kind of you know talk to one of the person who wants to become a mechanical engineer mm-hmm. and i from the first year itself was very sure that i would not be kind of pursuing a job afterwards and he was very clear that he wants to kind of manufacture automobile and get into one of the you know uh, oems so mm. at that time i realized that you know this guy without any opportunity without any set sort of a career track uh, and you know right now in a third post standard in a government school art is kind of you know aspire to be an engineer and uh, so so my journey started off into social entrepreneurship from there onwards i mm. thought like okay let's just do something where i can empower the people uh, who are not so privileged okay uh, who haven't got uh, you know the ability not not the ability but the resources and mm-hmm. my journey started from there from first year apart from doing these two internships i kind of focused on doing a lot of volunteering in the first year mm-hmm. organizing a lot of you know uh, social impact sector sort of uh, competitions in the second year and then third year i started my own uh, non profit uh, through a inactus medium inactus is entrepreneurial action as based out of washington dc mm-hmm. where you can start the inactus chapter in your respective colleges and did multiple projects with inactus uh, you know one was a project dropbox where we kind of collected u sheets one side u sheets and the u sheets one is to recycle you know uh, so the, the both side u sheets we kind of you know recycled it and kind of uh, made different sort of objects uh, mm. you know and uh, sold it and raised money for the non profit second was one side u sheets which we used to give to an ngo where they used to kind of uh, make a notebook out of it and then used to sell again in the industries and different colleges 
so that was the one way we figured that you know rather than providing uh, you know uh, cash food to the you know uh, non profit organization let's do something where we can empower them then the second project we did was project naya ujala which gave us quite a bit of recognition we did 80000 installation of uh, solar water bulbs mm. uh, across the country specifically in north northern region uh, solar water bulb is normal uh, water bottle filled with 2 uh, liters of water and uh, putting in a chlorine tablet and installing on the roof of slum areas it acts mm. as a incandescent bulb till the times uh, sun is there with the principle of total internal deflection so this was a concept started by one of the mit professors back in 90s and we customized it to an indian approach and started that and uh, we we did uh, a lot of installations and uh, north america unilever team came to india and uh, they made a documentary on us okay. that's how i got like very excited about the you know social impact sector that okay let's just get into that and i started a non profit organization post my college mm-hmm. uh, by the name of apj micro financial services that was my first entrepreneurial stint Okay. where uh, we were primarily focusing again on uh, uh, not so privileged people specifically uh, you know uh, homeless people rag pickers uh, pickers beggars sex dwellers you know uh, and helping them to include them socially and financially mm. through providing them the aadhar cards through uidai and helping them to open a bank account through the psu banks so we did that for a couple of years uh, and then simultaneously providing them financial literacy to make them understand why they would want these services we ran it till 2014 but then there was a change in the government bjp came in power and they started with janthan yojana so we couldn't continue the operations uh, but at the same time we were providing the financial literacy course we touched upon 70000 odd people uh, who uh, we empowered them by kind of you know make them understand the you know power of compounding power of banking why they should have a bank account in the first place how they can create financial security around that uh, mm-hmm. so you know once the operations uh, you know uh, got hampered in 2014 i went for global fellowships one was based out of atlanta georgia and united states uh, primarily looking into affordable private school market and second was uh, liverpool uk where i was looking into uh, sustainable development goal number one no poverty mm. uh, so i also represented uh, you know india in un as well uh, for sdg number one no poverty and uh, Simultaneously, I, you know, uh, I came to Hyderabad while I was working on the project and uh, started a non, uh, you know, uh, another company like a tech startup uh, where it was my idea to kind of, you know, uh, aggregate the travel packages in the country. Mm-hmm. When I say aggregation, aggregation of not just the online travel agents but offline travel agents. Mm-hmm. So we had a database of around five thousand sort of, uh, you know, offline travel agents, and mm-hmm. we wanted to put them online because they didn't have any sort of, you know, online presence, and then. uh you know uh and it was sort of a you know pool you know uh, for travel packages so where they could just uh, where a person could come and search for the package and mm. uh, they can put in different filters to choose the best package so basically it gave an opportunity for anybody sitting out of maybe like a you know a bangalore to book a travel agent which is offline in nature in delhi or calcutta mm. which otherwise doesn't happen because normally people do go to their local offline travel agents and mm. which kind of you know provided them the packages at a better rate as compared to the online travel agents but somehow we have to close the operations in 6 months because the co-founder kind of parted away okay. who provided the technology in the first place uh, then i joined a company based out of uh, you know san francisco called nura health and uh, started their india operations in bangalore mm. uh, primarily focusing on uh, health tech sector where mm. uh, we were empowering the patients caregiver patients mm. caregiver essentially are the people who kind of you know accompany the patient 
you know in the hospital so what happens generally is you know they are not aware of the patient's recovery mm. because uh, they don't understand that so we figured that you know they are one of those stakeholders if we can empower them with the right knowledge and tools right they can help to kind of you know uh, increase the you know recovery rate for the patients post surgery and post the treatment mm. and can reduce the readmission rates and that's what exactly we did we used to provide them the trainings while in the hospital uh, through the nurses and the doctors and mm. provide them some sort of services post you know the surgery so that they can take a better care of the patients mm. uh pivoted my career uh, came back to delhi you know after doing all of these things differently spread across the country and outside india uh, and uh, joined a investment bank uh, where i was primarily looking into mergers and acquisition and fundraising in automotive mm. sector and diversified industrial products uh that that i did for close to uh uh two and a half three years and then i quit my job and uh, joined my family business which is primarily into trading trading of chemicals commodity import and exports and energy products over there i was primarily looking into logistics and that's why i kind of got introduced to road transportation for the first time I, it got me excited because there were so many gaps that i could see while i was kind of working in the logistics sector and i kind of you know after after working for a year and a half i took a sabbatical i you know where i you know took 6 months to do massive research about the sector where i went uh, across the country understood multiple stakeholders involved talked to them uh, followed the bottom up approach understood the gaps understood the problems and challenges and wide spaces and started mm-hmm. my company trucknetic uh, uh, in 2019 in september and uh, have been running trucknetic since then wow that's a hell of a journey uh, now speaking of uh, trucknetic uh, can you tell us uh, in detail what is the platform about what problem sure. is it solving and then we can come to the business side of it sure absolutely yeah so trucknetic essentially is a one stop solution for all kind of trucks pan india whether you would want a small truck within a city whether you want a movers and packers uh you know service uh you know whether you want a heavy duty truck whether you want a container whether you want a trailer whether you want uh you know a, a refrigerated uh, truck you mm. get everything on a platform pan india for any commodity that you say okay uh, essentially we are uber for trucks mm-hmm. so uh if you would want to i mean like understand uh, trucknetic in a bit detail so it's a tech first logistics company where we are redefining digital freight services Mm-hmm. establishing a marketplace uh, for both carriers and shippers to come together onto one platform for both front loads and return loads uh, using high end technology such as artificial intelligence machine learning and other automation services mm-hmm. so uh, talking about the problem uh, that we have identified uh, the cost of logistics in the country is around 16% of gdp mm. as compared to 8 to 10% globally so there is a huge okay. delta of 6% right which can be attributed to you know uh, three reasons primarily one is the regulation that we do have in the country mm-hmm. which is far behind as companies like us and uh, european countries uh, but it's getting better with the with, with nitin gadkari sahab coming in the picture because earlier we didn't have eway or gst or you know mandatory fast tag but again mm-hmm. we are still very very far behind as compared to the you know the seamless regulations that we do have in the west second is the infrastructure over here you know our roads are not capable of uh, you know carrying 100 100 120 metric tons of you know you know load in a single truck like how you would see again in the western countries or even asia pacific uh, china and japan 
uh, over here the maximum capacity your truck can carry is 40 metric tons so i'm like for the same load uh, you know I, in us or in japan uh, one truck can take uh, you know the entire load whereas in india you need three trucks but again with the kind of roads that we do have the infrastructure we do have it's not feasible as yet but majorly it's because of the demand supply mismatch and that's where we position ourselves as a company every single year because of the demand supply mismatch we lose 45 billion dollars in the country oh wow if you ideally match the demand supply we would we can save 45 billion dollars which is a hell lot of money right and that's 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 where uh, you know truckmatic is coming handy where we are seamlessly matching the demand supply with our proprietary technology and the model other problems that we do have in the country specifically uh, you know in road transportation is the market is very unorganized and fragmented just to give you one statistic 95% of the market uh, you know uh, you know trucks are owned by small fleet owners who own mm. three or less than three trucks Okay. then the the, the asset utilization of the trucks is very poor i mean like it's less than 50% we have more than 12 million trucks in the country but the asset utilization is very low the third is that there is a heavy dependence of uh, you know fleet owners for freight from transporters and brokers the middlemen so which kind of you know makes the entire ecosystem more expensive mm. and lastly the the major problem that we are solving is a problem of return loop where you know uh, you know a, a fleet owner you know places a truck from x to y but they don't have any visibility to go from y to x so that kind of you know increases the you know uh, cost because the cost will be the same for both the routes but they don't get the freight so there is a lot of wastage that happens without freight okay you know a lot of wastage of miles or kilometers where they are incurring the similar cost of diesel or you know what do you call this overhead expenses driver expenses rtu expenses but they aren't getting uh, you know freight accordingly so which further skews the demand supply because then these you know small fleet owners restrict themselves to certain lanes where they have some visibility of the traffic mm. so these are all the things which kind of you know make the entire ecosystem of road transportation more expensive which is around 14% of gdp as compared to the global average of 8% so that's why we have come up with a solution called truckmatic truckmatic is merely a platform where we do have two applications uh as of now it's on android considering most of the clientele are on android uh, so one is called truckmatic shipper and mm-hmm. another is called truckmatic carrier for truckmatic shipper we have uh, multiple stakeholders we are working with corporates government mm-hmm. small medium enterprises traders and individuals mm-hmm. when it comes to the carriers we are primarily working with small fleet owners and in the mix we are also working with transporters and large fleet owners mm-hmm. so when it comes to the corporate and the government uh, they don't use our application directly uh they put up an indent because they are more on you know contractual and uh, tender based so mm. uh, they put up a contract and we place the trucks through our uh, you know our network into the system whereas msme uh, and other sort of stakeholders they directly use our application for the trucks mm-hmm. so double clicking on to our product uh, so it's a it's a very easy to use interface where if an msme wants to use our application so there are two models one is a free model and second is a paid model uh, you know which where they have to buy the subscription from us mm-hmm. uh, which we can talk about uh, more in detail in the business segment uh, so uh, the free model is where they just need to download our application put in their mobile number the otp comes in once they put in the otp they are into our application mm-hmm. uh, they can search for the trucks by putting in to and from location the commodity they want to move and the tonnage 
on the basis of that they would see the real uh, time list of transporters which can, they can directly connect with where uh, you know we would not be charging them any money and uh, they can directly connect with them and they uh, you know but it would be unverified network of transporters for the verified network of transporters if they want they need to get verified themselves mm. and to 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 get verified they just need to do a stringent kyc with us which takes 5 minutes where we ask for their pan aadhar gst and company details and bank accounts and mm. uh, through the apis we do it uh, automatically within 5 to 10 minutes and once they are into the system then we do end to end transaction uh, for them you know okay. uh, not only they get verified trust after that but we also provide them you know uh, this is like you know making an indent up to 30 days mm. uh, putting up a delivery schedule as in which date you know they would require the trucks to uh, you know uh, placing uh, you know what do you call as to disbursing the payments to exchanging the documents to receiving the proof of delivery once the vehicle is unloaded to tracking uh, to kind of all the communication so what we have done is we have digitized the entire platform prior uh, where there is no manual intervention as such which you know kind of makes the entire uh, you know supply chain more streamlined and saves a lot of time for a shipper uh so so there are multiple subscription packages that we are uh, providing to our you know msme and you know trader trading plans on the basis of tonnage mm. so if they would require you know like if they know that you know we would be moving around 1000 metric tons so we charge 15000 rupees per, per year uh mm. where they get get a validity for a year you know where they can place as many trucks as they want uh you know up to 1000 metric tons once they exhaust the 1000 metric ton subscription then they can buy another plan from us uh mm-hmm. and it goes up to you know uh, 20000 metric tons i mean like one can buy it directly at 20000 metric tons over there the cost will going to be 2 lakh rupees which is 10 rupees per metric ton where we are not just providing them you know uh, uh you know end to end logistics services but we are also providing them value added services such as uh, transit insurance mm-hmm. because for corporates and government uh their material is already insured because they have you know third party insurance agencies where they insure their material but for small msmes they don't insure their material so they always always a risk if something can goes wrong within the material then you know they have to kind of uh, suffer uh, mm. you know because of adulteration filtrage accidents so mm. we do provide uh, you know transit insurers within the subscription package also uh, the model that we work with with msmes and traders is on advance mm. we don't provide them direct credit line but there is an option if some msme wants a credit line from us then uh, we have tied up with nbfcs where the nbfcs look into these smaller companies directly on the basis of their credit history civil scores they provide them the you know uh, sort of uh, loans which okay. they can kind of use it for you know placing the truck to us mm. so that's yeah now we have uh, a question or hasha a little bit on the business side uh, how do we make money as a platform what are the different uh, monetization channels so we make money through three models uh, one is uh, the arbitration uh, through the transaction if i'm getting a truck for 100 rupees and selling it for 120 so 20 rupees is pure play my margin mm-hmm. uh, second is through a commission every truck that we place we charge them for 500 uh, between 500 to 1000 rupees uh, for both front loads and return loads uh, it depends upon you know the freight company if it's mm-hmm. within a city then it's 500 rupees per truck if it's like between two adjacent states it's 800 rupees and if it's like uh, a three to four day transit then it's 1000 rupees and the third model is subscription where we charge subscription uh, money from both carriers and shippers for the shippers i was i told you that for the carriers we have a very small fee 
because again the similar process happens with the carriers as i was talking about shippers that you know they can get the loads uh, you know free of cost but these will be unverified loads for the verified loads they have to do the kyc themselves and buy a subscription which mm. is as low as 100 rupees per month 2000 rupees for an entire year where they would be able to kind of not just uh, you know uh, able to get our verified loads but also would get the payments through us where they don't have to kind of go out in the market to get the payments and thirdly we do give them the visibility of return loads okay so that's how the, you know uh, so but what we are able to do is you know like so these are the three models we are making money but you know our primary focus is solving the problem of return loads through our proprietary model uh, we had a tie up with microsoft last year microsoft picked us up uh, have dispersed close to thousand dollars in terms of uh, azure ai credits mm-hmm. where they are helping us to do uh, uh, you know um, do a proof of concept uh, in demand forecasting so that we can solve the problem of re- return load in real time so what we are doing is we are kind of you know uh, primarily providing the trucks which are coming in return to our shippers from that location and matching them on the basis of multiple uh, parameters like we have done uh, truck type and commodity mapping we have done you know uh, entire country mapping in terms of district in terms of uh, tolls mm. so it helps us to kind of you know position our trucks and then using that technology you know we are we have provide we are we are able to provide the return routes where we are substantially you know uh, creating that sort of you know uh, delta for all of our stakeholders you know with with the with the return load uh, you know normally the margins in the logistics industry or the trucking industry is 5% but with the return load process we are able to save 20% of money so we what do what do we do is we pass on the money to the carriers as in like uh, as at the same time we reduce the cost to the shipper mm. which ultimately helps us to bring down the cost of logistics in the country and aligning ourselves uh, with his honorable uh, prime minister narendra modi vision of net zero by 2070 where uh, the idea is that the country would not be doing any carbon footprint after 2070 so definitely with the kind of cutting the cost we are able to save the diesel which ultimately helps us to bring down the carbon footprint in the country well uh, coming to the final part of our uh, discussion uh, can you tell us uh, what are the different lessons that you have learned throughout your entrepreneurial journey that we can take away and apply to our ventures uh learnings has been immense from day one uh, i mean like first of all uh, entrepreneurship should not be done for wrong reasons i mean like uh, that's what i believe i mean like uh, one cannot become an entrepreneur for making massive amount of money because today it's very easy for somebody to kind of you know get swayed by the kind of money entrepreneurs make seeing hmm. uh, like so jeff bezos or elon musk how they they are ruling the world but uh, you know one should always think about solving a genuine problem which you can scale for the masses so uh, so that's one of the learnings that i have got uh, and uh, one should always use technology and content as a leverage i mean like there are three kind of leverages uh, priya that uh, have been existing uh, yeah. uh, so people, one is money uh, and people, people money capital and technology and content so i mean like uh, people is leverage but it's one of the poorest form of the leverage but the idea is to kind of you know uh, use technology and content because uh, it's the roi is infinite because you can you know a content can make you money you know while you are sleeping so is technology and it can massively grow so that's what i've seen like making a product uh, which helps out to solve a real genuine problem for the masses is something can make you successful So entrepreneurship definitely is not an easy job, but it's adventurous, and you learn as you go, as you grow, as you move up the ladder. Uh, learnings definitely, 
you not need not to face all the battles yourselves i'm like people are there in the ecosystem to support you so if you ask for the help you'll definitely get it so that's one thing that i have realized quite later i'm like i used to kind of you know learn from my own failures or just wanted to kind of try it out and then uh, you know used to move afterwards but you know i'm like people have done that before have been doing it uh, people have failed at it already so rather than you doing it uh, you can you know definitely read about different entrepreneurs stories through autobiographies and biographies you can talk to multiple you know successful unsuccessful entrepreneurs i mean like i would rather want to talk to an unsuccessful entrepreneur or not an un- unsuccessful uh, i mean like somebody who has failed multiple times mm. because that can provide you immense learning also entrepreneurship is a lonely journey at times so you need to stick your uh, you know stick your guns together for some time eventually things turn up right i mean like you need a lot of perseverance resilience and grit in the beginning but definitely it reaps you the right rewards and uh, but but again uh, it's it's a something that you know i mean like uh, one should uh, i mean like do it for the right reasons as well as uh, you know definitely i mean like uh, it it should not be something like you know uh, everybody should do it i mean like uh, not every everybody wants to you know because entrepreneur from entrepreneurship comes with a lot of risk and a lot of burden as well i mean like mm. one can also think about joining an entrepreneurship firm as a right. as a as a founding team member and can still get that success mm. you know where you don't have your capital at the risk or you know uh, but still you can make enough money through esops and uh, straight up equity so right. so so one needs to kind of understand about themselves first before jumping in and uh, once you jump in after doing all the diligence that you are there i mean like solve for the real problem and things will gonna happen talk to people network i know that you know you are busy building your own product but once in a while you should go out in the market network in different entrepreneurship uh, entrepreneurial sort of events meet the fellow entrepreneurs who have done that been there uh, so so that, that that's how you gonna grow because everybody is ready to help I mean, like, and there are a lot of networks because in the beginning you are clueless, right? I mean, like, I remember my journey of Trucknetic. Uh, you know, I didn't know how to take a domain name in the beginning. Mm. I mean, like, because I was coming, though I had my multiple startups in the beginning, but I never did that sort of a thing because I always had a co-founder who was like a tech uh, guy. So you know, they used to kind of you know think about it. But this time around, I was like, dude, I have to figure out everything by scratch, like building teams, no idea about who to connect with. Uh, different sort of services and stuff like that and technology like where can i make my technology where to start from mm-hmm. and uh, so so all of those things i mean like it comes to you eventually but you need to be out there in the market you need to be ready to kind of you know uh, take that sort of you know uh, support from people and people are definitely ready to help there are a lot of people who are ready to help mm-hmm. because everyone has gone through that journey and they understood that if somebody would have have helped them in the past they would have done it in a shorter span of time in a better way well uh, i think the time is up uh, unfortunately it was it was a nice discussion and we got a lot of learnings from uh, your experience thanks for your time aram and our best wishes for trucknetic thanks guys lovely chatting with you thanks for the opportunity for me to speak over here